Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Daily Tech News Show is powered by you. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, June 18th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. Are you sure, Tom? Yeah, From I think I'd... Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. <laughs> From Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And, of course, we wouldn't be complete without our producer, Roger Chang. Hello. I do know what a wildebeest is. I'm a little fuzzy on the World Cup. That's okay. Listen to the pre-show on Patreon for more on that. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Google will invest $550 million in China's second largest e-commerce company, JD.com. Tencent and Walmart are also investors in JD. Mm. SurveyMonkey registered for an initial public offering on Monday. SurveyMonkey, which was founded 1999, says it currently has over 3 million daily users. Sandia National Laboratory is adopting HPE's ARM-based supercomputer called Astra as an experimental platform for nuclear research. If it goes well, it could be actually integrated in regular research. Astra is a more powerful, efficient supercomputer with faster memory speeds than x86 CPUs, which makes it great for bandwidth-sensitive applications. The U.S. Supreme Court says it will hear Apple's appeal against a ruling that Apple breaks antitrust laws with its app store. A class action lawsuit says Apple monopolizes the sale of apps leading to inflated prices. Google's Daily app, which helps reduce data usage, has added the ability to find nearby Wi-Fi hotspots, set data limits for yourself and others, and find unused apps that consume data so you can delete them that last one is something i want definitely yeah all right uh let's talk a little bit more about 911 uh this is one of those stories that i think is good but it's getting a lot more buzz than i expected um maybe it's cuz it's one of those apple finally getting on board with something other phones have and the ios people getting very excited uh apple announced that ios 12 will automatically share your location with first responders during 911 calls in the us if the call center supports it. So there's a protocol that iOS will support. Any emergency call centers here in the U.S. that support that will be able to automatically locate it. And it's more than just geolocation with Wi-Fi and GPS. Uh, there, there's a, a improved way of doing it. In fact, Apple says it should exceed the FCC's 2012 requirement of pinpointing your location within 165 feet 
a minimum of 80% of the time, which is which is very accurate. Uh, and they say there's assurances that location info will only be shared with the 911 center during the call and won't go anywhere else. Doesn't it kind of seem like 911 in 2018 is almost outdated? Like, shouldn't there well, be... Well, I think this is part of it, right? It's like, well... If you were in an emergency and you yeah. really needed help, you know, and someone on the other line is like, where are you? What's the cross street? That kind of thing. Like, this is really helpful. What's interesting is that it sounds like what Apple is doing is uh, basically absorbing another company that's been doing this for a while. But iOS 12, pardon me, will not uh, make you download this separate app, which, of course, yeah. a lot of people would know to do. Uh, sure. I almost wonder whether or not there's something to just having an app where the the full range of sorting what what issue you need with the government, your local government, that if it's like an absolute emergency, it should be different. Like, I don't know. It, it seems like there's a lot of data that when we interact with law enforcement, uh, uh, we would be more willing to do it if it were had less friction that we have in almost every other way of life i kind of feel like 911 is doing what you're saying no because you still have to call them uh well i mean you have to make a phone call and and in many situations where you need 911 that's a major problem i can squeeze my phone and press a button i don't have to actually dial the numbers anymore Sure. Right. And like, let's say, I don't know, you're, you're bleeding out. You can't talk. Like somebody can pinpoint you and get to you uh, more quickly. I mean, I can I, say, Hey, voice activated assistant, call the emergency call. I don't want to say one, one, two, but you know, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm saying that this is a good step in the right direction. I'm also yes. Anding. I think that we could even go further than that. I thought you were trying to get to a nine one one as a joke in your town. Joke. <laughs> It's a whole whole other thing. He was headed there. Depends on the town. Uh, On a totally different note, Microsoft has acquired Flipgrid, a video discussion platform app that uses video to make collaborative lesson plans where students can discuss and reply to topics with video clips at home or in the classroom. Microsoft VP Iran Medito said that Flipgrid will continue to work across uh, Microsoft, Google, and partner ecosystems. The company also says more than 20 million teachers and students in more than 180 countries are now using the service. I had never used it before, not a student, but I did actually play around with it uh, a little bit earlier and it's very cool. It seems unorganized almost in the way that I would assume Facebook might have been in the early days when it was a lot of students and nobody else. But uh, knowledge base is is cool. And the fact that Microsoft is dropping uh, paid plans now that they're uh, acquiring Flipgrid means that they're, you know, they're serious about uh, the education sector. Oh, yeah. No, they need to be. Uh, Microsoft really wants to supplant Google uh, and keep Apple <laughs> declining in the education space. The education market is a competitive market for all three of those companies. Uh, and not to discount Facebook and Amazon, which also have a passing interest. But hardware-wise, uh, you can sell a lot of hardware. If your business is selling hardware, which Google's is with Chromebook and Apple's and Microsoft certainly is as well, uh, you want to have as many advantages. And being able to say, hey, we're the folks that bring you Flipgrid. We're the power. We can give you a little extra with that. Uh, is just it's another checkbox. Not going to make all the difference, but it's another thing to add to that list. 
GeekWire noticed that Amazon has discontinued the Mayday button on its Fire tablets. Mayday was a service first introduced with the Fire phone that let users reach a human for face-to-face support with one tap. Fire tablet owners will continue to have access to support via phone, chat, and email, and screen sharing with support staff will remain functional. I always wondered if this was a bad idea. Uh, and I assumed Amazon had taken enough uh, enough precautions uh, and was done the calculations to assure that the money spent on it would be well worth it and increase subscriptions. I wonder if a lot of those calculations and preparations required the Fire Phone to be successful because it sounds like, and, and Amazon hasn't said why it's removed this. It just kind of quietly did it and people started to notice. Uh, but it sounds like it was expensive, first of all, and maybe not worth it. And B, people were using it to prank. If you go to YouTube and search Mayday videos, you find a lot of people like, hey, sing happy birthday to my friend or, you know, like doing things it's not designed to to do. Yeah, the name Mayday is not great. (laughs) Probably Amazon didn't get enough. Yeah didn't get enough actual you know, questions that they thought that their support center could answer. And that- apparently they were getting those questions and people liked it, but they were also getting all this other stuff too. Also, it's, this is a world that isn't, you know, less and less are you going to drop a tablet into somebody's hands and then be like, what? Oh, I can't do a thing. Mayday. Mayday, right? Because that was, it was what it was for. And to me, it seemed like a lot of getting to know you kind of stuff, that Amazon was still new into that game. They wanted to make sure that this is a thing that without a, without a question, you can buy as a gift, drop it in your, uh, uh, you know, your, your, your older parents' hands, and they're not going to just make it a paperweight because they are scared of it, that I, there's a button that they can hit. I will bet you at some point in the next 10 years, because of AI and advances in machine learning, the cost will come down. The, the cost will be appropriate to hire real humans to do something like this. Someone, some company will launch a replacement service and will say, oh my gosh, do you remember Amazon Mayday and the disaster it was? I can't believe they're trying it again, except that time it'll work in the future. Note this Lock down. It yeah. Lock it in. Tom's moonshot of the week. <laughs> In Salt Lake City this week, scientists from NVIDIA are presenting an unsupervised neural network, speaking of machine learning, that can add an arbitrary number of frames to a video in order to simulate slow motion. They call the technique variable length multi-frame interpolation. Now, you can slow down any video and make it slow, but it gets jerky if it doesn't have enough frames. So what this does is takes one convolutional neural network and estimates the pattern of motion of all the objects and services and edges between the two frames that are that, that you're slowing down and then creates a 2D vector of predicted motion called a flow field and says, well, even though we only have these two frames, let's assume that the ball goes this way and this particle goes that way, all right? A second convolutional neural network then uses that flow field to predict what parts of the scene would disappear behind other parts and applies it to the two images. It's called a visibility map. So the flow field then warps the image in a way, like you've seen like one face warp into another. It does that and transitions one frame smoothly to the next. The team trained the networks with 240 frame per second YouTube videos, including some slow-mo guy videos that were already slow motion, and they made them even slower. Uh, They used an NVIDIA Tesla V100 GPU set and a CUDNN accelerated PyTorch deep learning framework to do all this. It looks good. It is. 
and, and you got to watch the video because they'll show you like this is what the video would look like if we just slowed it down and it's kind of jerky right because the frames don't roll smoothly together when they're going too slow and then it shows you what this neural network did and it just looks like slow-mo video yeah no it is amazing and it also sh- kind of shows you you know, I think we've thought specifically with phones that we've kind of hit a saturation point in terms of the tech for photography and video. But as we get more powerful technology, not only on the uh, on on the, on on the desktop, but also in mobile, I think we could continue to see super 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 rad stuff. Yeah, the problem with this is you can't do it in real time. So they're like, even if we could bring it to people to use on their phones, it would have to be a cloud service at this point. So there's still some work yeah. to do. Amazon began offering Amazon Prime in Australia, which offers free delivery, streaming video, and more. Amazon has restricted Australian shoppers to using only the Australian version of the site to avoid collecting Australian sales tax. We've talked about this recently. However, Amazon's vice president of Prime International, Jamie Ghani, said that Australian Amazon Prime subscribers could get free international delivery of items offered on the U.S. website. Mm. So... Jamil Ghani did not enlighten us as to how this is possible. Does it mean they're just going to pay the tax for for people? Uh, Because it would seem that even if you say, okay, if you're a Prime user, you'll be able to order that U.S. stuff, you'd still have to pay the tax for Australia somehow, right? That also just might be a getting everybody on board kind of thing that you can slowly restrict, right? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Or maybe not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, it, the whole point of this was, yeah, that, you know, Australia was having its own store, didn't have the same stuff that maybe the I, store had. I am 
of the opinion that possibly of the view that possibly it's kind of like Costco where they make a significant chunk of their revenue based on membership cards, not just merchandise. Well, that's sales. absolutely true. You're right. Yeah. And yeah. so this might be like, well, yeah, we might have to pay the, the import tax, but we're going to bet that not enough people buy a lot of big items. And so the tax will not exceed the amount of revenue we would get from people just signing up and paying the the annual subscription fee. Yeah, I would I would modify that a little bit. Where they make their money is selling items to the subscribers because they're going to buy more if they're a subscriber, but I think you're right. They're betting that okay, if we get them to sign up as a subscriber, they'll buy more stuff, and honestly most of it'll be in Australia. So just saying that you'll be able to get the stuff from the US will end up bringing them in, but we won't have to pay that much extra. That could be it. Yeah. That's a great it could, point. It, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a gamble, but they probably have the the statistics to say like, you know, hey, you know, yeah, some people's stuff will buy like, you know, an oddball, you know, $2,000 item from the US, but most, you know, most of the stuff is like 10, 20 bucks and it's, you know, it's pocket change to the amount of money we're going to yeah. rake in from. It would uh, not be unusual for a site to say people complain more than they actually use uh, and yeah. then just bank on that in yeah. this case. Well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines. It's available on the Anchor app, Google Home, the Amazon Echo, and, of course, as a podcast, you can find it at DailyTechHeadlines.com. The Internet and conspiracy theories. We think of them as hand-in-hand these days. Uh, The Next Web has reposted an article from The Conversation written by Karen Douglas, a professor of social psychology at the University of Kent, about how conspiracy theories spread online. Now, a lot of you probably think the internet is responsible for a rise in conspiracy theories, and Professor Douglas points out there's no evidence that the internet makes conspiracy theories spread, but there is evidence that it deepens the commitment to believing them among those who already do. So, just running through the article, which is absolutely worth a read, and she's got great citations of all the studies that she's talking about. Uh, com- the conversation does a great job. She points out, first of all, conspiracy theories aren't new. They go back to ancient Rome. There's a whole book called Conspiracy Narratives in Roman History where you can read about it. There's no evidence that people are more prone to believe conspiracy theories now because of the Internet. An analysis of published letters to the editor of The New York Times showed that between 1897 and 2010, theorizing remained steady. Conspiracy theories remained steady, with peaks only happening during the Depression in the late 1800s, not even the 30s, but the late 1800s, and the Red Scare of the 1950s. That's when the conspiracy theories spiked. But since the Internet happened in the mid-90s, there hasn't been another spike like that. The conclusion that she comes to in her article is that It seems like conspiracy theories are deepened in some online communities. Believers tend to join communities, and and she cites all the studies that support this. Believers tend to join communities with other believers. Those communities tend to keep out non-believers and filter out any contrary information. So it strengthens their belief because they build their own little echo chamber. And believers in one theory are more likely to share Another conspiracy theory, even if it's unrelated, 77.92% of likes and 80.86% of comments were from users usually interacting with conspiracy stories on other conspiracy stories, uh, according uh, to another one of these journal and peer-reviewed studies that she talks about. So 
I, I love this because I'm constantly saying, well, hold on, fake news, conspiracy theories, echo chambers. What's the evidence say? This is useful. This helps you actually build a way to combat it to say, okay, now we know where the problem is. The problem is the people who believe them solidify. What can we do to relieve that? Well, and I think the the you know the easy answer, which is what I came up with this morning, is like, well, you know, but the internet it just helps you know information travel faster, right? So none of this has really changed over the years. It's just that the internet uh, is 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 heightening all of this, but it doesn't really address the issue of why this happens in the first place. Well, I think that the the roots of it again are kind of eternal. Right. Like as long as we have had a recorded civilization or the, the peak of of a civilization in ancient Rome that was worth studying, we found traces of people being like, well, you want to know what really happened. Uh, so that's just kind of, I think, just a quirk of the human brain. <laughs> Julius always- Caesar was an inside job, which actually it was. That's it was. Yeah. So that one turns out. Put that one in the checkmark column uh, there. The beautiful thing about the Internet is that everything is verifiable. And so in a lot of ways, I think, Sarah, you're right. And this proves it that, that, that the Internet does what it what we have, what, what the optimists have always assumed, that it does get information out faster. It makes it more readily available. And that leads to smarter decision making. The other end of this is if everything is verifiable, then we know to a granular detail exactly how far people fall into an echo chamber when it comes to conspiracies because we can see the message boards and we can count the likes and we can count the interactions and then uh, create data based on it. But at the end of the day, it seems like we're getting better. I mean, look, if, if, if according to these studies, we what we consider to be, or at least I consider to be the golden age of American conspiracy theory was the 1970s. And that doesn't even apparently register compared to uh, uh, some of the the gigantic peaks of the 1950s and the uh, late 1800s. Well, think about it. One of one of the reasons conspiracy theories were so popular in the 70s was because we had real conspiracies being unearthed with the Watergate, the Pentagon Papers, yeah. etc. But a hallmark of that time are things like the Principia Discordia and the Illuminatus Trilogy, which are making fun of conspiracy theories. Uh, and so it shows that people are like, hey, there's real conspiracies. They get pulled out in the light of day. You know, we're not going to really believe that there's there's all this other weird, crazy stuff. And, and that makes sense to me. And it ties into what you're saying, Justin, which is we have more light of day on things than we've ever had before. And I think we've also gotten spoiled by that faster than ever before so that, you know, things don't move linearly when suddenly it darkens a little and, and there's there's people trying to hide stuff. We start to think, oh, things are getting worse and it's the Internet's fault. And it turns out, well, no, it's just the cycle of human behavior. And that's why I love stuff like this is you could say, well, Tom, you're just being naive. But the there is no evidence that we are believing conspiracy theories in greater numbers. So if we spend a lot of energy trying to stop people from believing conspiracy theories, we're kind of fighting the wrong battle. We need to target like, OK, where are these conspiracy theories hardening and causing people to do more dangerous things and more extreme things because they're hardening in their belief? That's where we should be spending the time, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, to to the point about deepening conspiracy theories, the rise or rather popular discussion over flat earth conspiracy theories is always my my favorite 
because talk about deepening nine times out of 10 in my anecdotal uh, research into this, a flat earth conspiracy is always the Voltron of four other separate different conspiracy theories. You very rarely just wake up and say, well, obviously the earth is flat. It's more likely you believe that they uh, that there are is- aligned to you. You exactly. have general distrust that there is. Yes, that yes. there is a control of the media, that there might be a one world government, that there are uh, falsifications in the scientific community at the very least, that the people that uh, uh, went that, you know, the moon landing was a hoax. And then when you mash all of them together, you get the grandest of all lies that has been hidden, which is that we indeed live on a flat disc as opposed to a round sphere. And that is fascinating to me. And, and and it it is it, it is informed by this that a conspiracies are meant to interlock and b the one thing that we can prove through our verification of the internet is that these things have gone deeper and deeper. Well, and look at Facebook, Twitter, any large social network is now trying to figure out okay how do we try to mitigate disinformation and make everybody you know feel safer and and this whole thing because they're huge and now they have to solve a problem that already exists. Snopes.com pretty much always has my answer. Anytime I'm like, is this real or not? You know, but that that's a very antiquated uh, solution, right? It's it's um. It, that's the only real website that I can think of. I mean, unless you're like trolling Reddit for a while that, uh, you know, kind of uh, seeks to unmask a lot of these things instead of people just sort of talking bubbles. Oh, there, no, there's I mean, first of all, yes, it's the only one that's broad, but there's PolitiFact. Uh, there's fact checked. They're very politically oriented. Yeah. But also you can just do a search. I think we forget that. Like, you don't even have to go to Snopes. Just be like, hold on. What is well, it's actually always the first result? What does the New York Times have to say about this? What is, you know, what, what and, and maybe you don't believe the New York Times. What is what are the journal articles say? Like, you can find reputable sources that comment on stuff. Uh, so so they're, you, you know, just you don't even need Snopes is great because it 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 takes all that stuff and puts it together for you. Uh, but there's there's more information out there than ever if you just go and look for it. Very true. The human race will begin solving its problems on the day that it ceases taking itself so seriously. <laughs> hey, speaking of Reddit, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Submit stories and vote on other stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. If you want to hang out on Facebook, we're there too. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's look in the mailbag, dare we? <laughs> We got a nice email from Patrick in Maine who says, I've been listening to Tom Merritt hosting shows for a long time now, a decade. Can't afford to put too much in in, in the Patreon pool, but just wanted to say, Tom, thank you. You do an excellent job at hosting and telling news in a way that usually makes me fall asleep within 10 minutes. (laughs) I'd I'd say thank you, Patrick, but you're asleep by now. So sweet dreams. No, it's great. It's great. I think, um, I think, I don't know. I mean, I have my podcast that I kind of listen to sort of at the end of the day. So I don't think he's saying you put him to sleep. He's saying you soothe him to sleep. I, I think that, that podcasting like radio before it is a tremendously personal medium. Uh, and for somebody to feel comfortable in a very vulnerable position, as we all are in going <laughs> to sleep, I think is a tremendous honor. I know. In all seriousness, I take it as a great compliment. And I have been inspired 
uh, to put out my next audiobook, Tom Explains Blockchain to Sleep By. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have insomnia? Buy my book. Not an FDA-approved sleep aid. <laughs> uh, no, it all, it, thank you, Patrick in Maine. Or someone, when Patrick wakes up, tell him thank you for us. Uh, and then Ed was among many people who wrote in very excited. Uh, he said, YouTube Premium in Canada, five exclamation points. Woot, five exclamation points. Sorry to spam you guys, but I had to show my excitement because he emailed a bunch of different people. Uh, yeah, YouTube Premium out now in Australia, New Zealand, Mexico, South Korea, Austria, Finland, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Norway, Russia, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom, as well as Canada and, of course, the U.S. Uh, I saw the story this morning. I was like, oh, well, that's nice. It's coming out there. I didn't realize the appetite for it. YouTube Premium, of course, brings you the new YouTube music service, as well as getting rid of ads on YouTube and the ability to see the YouTube Red shows that are now just, I guess, YouTube Premium shows. Um, And Patrick Beja was one of the people on Twitter saying, oh, my gosh, finally, it's here. And it's in France and Finland. So no matter where he goes, he can watch it. (laughs) Congratulations, world. (laughs) World YouTube Premium. No, it's it's good to know. Um, I was sort of surprised as well. But it's good to know that people want this and they're getting it. So thanks to Patrick and also Ed for emailing and everybody who else who does. Also, thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us this Monday. What's been going on, man? Uh, well, you know what? It's a, uh, it's uh, that the politics, they never stop. And that's why I've taken it upon myself to keep everybody up on all the politics that are fit to politic, uh, with my free political newsletter. Well, you're going to get five links to the stories of the day. Some of them silly, some of them serious, some hot takes, some gifts, usually from the Chappelle show. Uh, but you can go ahead and check it out at free political newsletter.com. It's a great morning read. You got a commute? You on a you on a subway or something? Man, this will be a great way for you to spend your time. Freepoliticalnewsletter.com. Thank you, Justin. And thank you, everyone who supports us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash DTNS. We are up in dollars and patrons over last month. Uh, up two patrons right now. Uh, big thanks to, to Bryce, who was the latest patron to pledge before we recorded this show. Uh, join Bryce, if you haven't already, in supporting the show and help keep us growing at least one person, if not more, every month. Uh, it's our benchmark to, to make sure that we're headed in the right direction and uh, we thank you for your support at patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Love your feedback. Love your stories. Keep them coming. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with the now very happy to have YouTube premium, Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation, 
or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.